Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. I was shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys, they're up to no good. Started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. She said, You're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plate said fresh and it had dice in a mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was weird, but I thought, man, forget it. Your home's a Bel Air. I pulled up. <laughs> up to the house around 7 or 8 and I yelled to the cabbie, your home, smell you later. Look at my kingdom. I was finally there. Sit on my throne. It's the Prince of Bel-Air. Hey, Home Slices. Before I get into the episode today, I want to say thanks for listening and thanks in advance for being patient with me as I navigate the new podcast learning curve. This is my first episode featuring a guest and this review turned out to be so long that I felt like I needed to divide it into two parts. I thought it would be cute to split the parts based on your commute so you can listen to part one during your morning commute into work and part two when you're on your way back home. Thanks again, and I promise things will only get better from here. Welcome to SUP Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Sup Media Reviews. I'm Kiara, and I am super excited to review the 1990 to 1996 television series, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, featuring Alfonso Ribeiro, James Avery, and the megastar, Will Smith. Today, we have a super special guest. I want to introduce you to my built-in best friend and sister, Catricia, aka Nini. Say hi, Nini. Hello, hello, everybody. What's up? Welcome to my podcast. Both of us are going to share our thoughts on this. Oh, girl, you're welcome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Of course, I'm really happy to have you be here because talking about movies by myself is weird a little bit. But anyways, both of us are going to share our thoughts on this amazing show. It's a show that we grew up watching together. Before we get into it, though, we're going to talk about a few fun facts about the show. So Alfonso Ribeiro actually invented the Carlton dance. When he first read the script, it just said Carlton dances with nothing specific. So later he stated in an interview that the Carlton dance was inspired by Eddie Murphy's white boy dance and Courtney Cox dancing in 
Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark from 1984. So yeah, he just came up with that. Oh, and it became nice, basically his it, signature. It's literally his, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, first off, it embodies who Carlton is as like a mm-hmm. nerd. Yep, I agree. But it's also on beat. Like he's still rhythmic. <laughs> like you can tell that he really can dance, but it's still very nerdy. Like mm-hmm. it's a He still a put a little move. bit of swag behind his nerdy right. dance. Yeah, he definitely, um, I don't know if you, he also has some like game shows now that he's hosting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes from time to time, he does a little dance and you can tell he still, he still got it. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. of course he does. Yes. So the second fun fact is the character Philip Banks was ranked 34th in TV Guide's list of 50 greatest dads of all time or TV dads of all time. This was back in the June 20th, 2004 issue of TV Guide. You said ranked 34? Yes, ranked number 34. Dads on there. I agree. Actually, let's look it up right now. Let's see. TV Guides, Best TV Dads. All right, here we go. Okay, Philip Banks is number 34. Let's see other dads you might know. Michael Kyle from My Wife and Kids comes up as number 27. So he ranked seven spaces higher than Uncle Phil. I don't know. Look at Fred Sanford on here as 42. That's hilarious. Not George Jefferson as 44. That's funny. (laughs) I feel like George Jefferson's character was not really, him being a dad was not the focus of the show. It wasn't. It wasn't. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And we have George Lopez, 18. Really? Jeez. Mm-hmm. He is number 18. That's very strange considering I found him to be quite annoying as a dad in the George yeah. Lopez mm-hmm. show. <laughs> right. Of course, we have a lot of TV dads from older shows, shows that I have never seen or heard of. But number one on the list, Heathcliff Huxtable. <laughs> I knew he was going to be number one, though. Because he literally <laughs> was my one. favorite TV show dad, so... I think everyone's, which is why he's ranked number one. (laughs) So, yeah, well, Philip Banks made the list. He was number 34. Mm -hmm. And he would be higher in my book because I don't know half the guys on that list. (laughs) (laughs) He'd probably be like third. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, girl, hold on. Did they not put uh, Reginald Bill Johnson on here? Who is that? Girl from Family Matters. Oh. Carl Winslow. I didn't see him on there. (gasps) <gasps> okay first off fred sanford was a horrible father exactly. he insulted his son <laughs> all the freaking time they could at least replace him i don't know who made that list somebody crazy right well so on not the actual guide but underneath it on google oh this is definitely a joke because it has 50 greatest tv dads and homer simpson is the first one on here <laughs> And Philip is the fourth one, and Carl Winslow is immediately after him as number five. So this is a different list, but yeah. Yeah, people are tripping. Mm -hmm. The final fun fact is that Jada Pinkett Smith tried out for the role of Lisa, who was eventually played by Nia Long. Mm -hmm. Jada was rejected due to a lack of chemistry with Will Smith, 
and their height difference. Ironically, <laughs> they... <laughs> That's crazy. Right. Nia Long is so short, too. What the heck? <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> but ironically, they got married three years later. They have two children and, of course, remain married to this present day, despite some of their marriage stuff being oh, <laughs> right. yeah, put on blast in recent years. So mm-hmm. those are a few fun facts about this amazing show. So if you cool. want to check out Fresh Prince, you can watch it on HBO Max as of the recording of this episode. So Nini, tell me about your personal connection to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Why is it so iconic? Okay, so it's iconic to me because our family, I would consider was middle class things were pretty good I feel like we had a really 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 good life but I feel like obviously like we did grow up in the hood but we had mm-hmm. a very nice home that was built by a Habitat for Humanity so what I'm trying to say is because we weren't like upper class that was one of the reasons why I really loved Fresh Prince because you got to see what it looks like I felt like I identify with Will even though he I feel like where he came from was impoverished <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like where I feel like where he came from, you know, and how and how he grew up, and the reason he got sent to live with them, I really liked it because it just showed our black people in a different light, and like our black people with money, and it's the same way I feel about the Cosby's. You know, they were very mm-hmm. very well established, and I loved the home. I just loved all the big glamorous like life. I loved how Hillary dressed. I always loved Ashley's hair. I loved both on this. I could give or take with Uncle Phil, to be honest. <laughs> he was kind of trying to fake about where he came from. But, and Carlton was just a hilarious nerd. And I loved all of uh, Jeffrey's shade. So, like, you know, I just like to look at how glamorous their lifestyle was from, like, where we came from. And just to see how Will still kind of kept true to himself, even though he got accustomed to some of their lifestyle, but I still loved how he made things his own. You know, like when he used to like dress up with swag, you know, even though he needed to wear the uniform, he would always put his own spin on it and always had a lot of swag and all the lovely ladies and everything. So I connected with Will on the, on another level. So that's why I love the show. Yeah, I agree with basically everything you said. Maybe not the Uncle Phil forgetting where he came from thing. I feel like there's a certain way that you act professionally and at home. It's like he kind of just turned into this, hi, love opera. Hello, Jeffrey. Like wearing suits in the house. I just feel like that's not realistic. I don't know. I never viewed him that way. I think that's an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. I just think that Uncle Phil was like, he elevated his lifestyle and I don't think that necessarily meant that he abandoned anything about his upbringing per se. I just feel like he so switched and never switched back. (laughs) That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I never associated anything negative with him. Well, the only negative thing I would say was that he was the term stick in the mud isn't the right thing, but I feel like he took things too seriously. That was probably his biggest character trait. I feel like it's very professional or serious all the time. That's what it feels like. That's what I feel like. And I feel like there was some episodes where he was trying to be himself, like 
really cool and bubbly or something and somebody would catch him doing something like dancing or something and he would like get started uh-huh. and jump and act like he needs to fix his suit and be proper like that's what i'm talking about i'm just like you at home relax okay like, <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about where it doesn't seem real it seems like you feel like you have to be prim and proper all the time and oh well, i'm so sophisticated and like i feel like that's how he came off and i don't i didn't like that and that's not to yeah. say like it's negative it's just to be like lighten up a bit you at home relax yeah <laughs> but i mean i think that Yeah, I think even Vivian said it. Right. I think he had to play the character that way to make the contrast between him and Will so drastic, right? Like, yeah, I think so too. I mean, obviously, like, you know, we're talking about their character, them as a character. Like, I definitely get that. I'm just saying I didn't care for it. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that sometimes you need conflict and having those two different personality traits always kind of butting heads is just, you know part of creating the conflict so that the show is interesting but I didn't necessarily think anything like oh he forgot where he came from I just thought he just took life a little too seriously but uh, overall Mm -hmm. the reason why I think the show is iconic is it's one of my favorite like childhood memories so Mm -hmm. back in the day we lived next door to our great grandparents and they would Mm -hmm. watch us pretty often and we would spend time with them a lot. And Mm -hmm. of course they had their old shows that they watched, but in 1990 they were in their maybe seventies and they were always down and excited to watch the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it's like, how cool is it that you have at the time me and you were probably five-ish, like five or younger. And mm-hmm. they were in their 70s. And we're sitting here like three generations apart, but we're watching and enjoying the same show. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like watching this show with our great grandparents, we call them Mama Nancy and Papa Clyde. That was one of my like fonder memories of being around them or right? and, you know, living next door to them. But also, I like that the show addressed real world issues. They Mm -hmm. talked about things like gun violence and Mm -hmm. sex and police brutality. Mm -hmm. So I like that they addressed those issues and were able to do it with like some comedy sprinkled in. I like that they have these iconic black characters. It's a wealthy black family. It's showing that not all black people struggle Mm -hmm. and that, you know, not everything has to come from a lack of funds or a lack of education. And I also want to plug that in addition to Uncle Phil being a lawyer, Vivian Mm -hmm. was a professor. So these are two, you know, black Mm -hmm. educated individuals, right? We have the iconic dances from Aunt Viv (laughs) doing the, you know, in the pink leotard to Carlton doing his dance. And we also have the Apache, the jump on it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that dance. (laughs) We also have Will friggin' Smith and we get to watch him transform from happy rapper into formidable actor. Like Will Smith is a freaking actor. He's a thespian now. Prior to this Mm -hmm. show, he really didn't have any acting experience. So this is the show that made him into the actor that he is today. So getting to see that transition is really cool. I feel like when it comes down to it, this show is all around very good. It's family friendly and it addresses real world issues. And we just love all the characters for better or worse. So for me, this show was just like a staple of my childhood. And if I had the time, I would consider rewatching the whole thing. 
I'm super excited to dive into this show. But first, we're going to do a quick overview of the show and the main characters. And then we'll do a deep dive into two handpicked episodes, some of the more iconic episodes in the series. So in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, who of course is played by Will Smith in his first acting gig, is a street smart teenager from West Philadelphia who gets sent to live with his wealthy relatives in their Bel-Air mansion in Los Angeles, California. His mother sends him there after he gets into a fight with some thugs while he's playing basketball. So his family members include Philip Banks, who's played by James Avery. He's Will's strict and gruff uncle, who's a successful lawyer and later becomes a judge. We have Vivian Banks, played by two different people, both Janet Hubert and later by Daphne Reed, Will's no-nonsense, forthright, and career-minded aunt, who is also a university professor. We have Carlton Banks, played by Alfonso Ribeiro. He's Will's preppy and arrogant cousin. We have Hillary Banks, played by Karen Parsons, who's Will's attractive but dull-witted eldest cousin. There's Ashley Banks, who's played by Tatiana Ailey, who's Will's youngest cousin, who often looks up to Will. And finally, we have Jeffrey, the family's cynical butler. Will's working-class background ends up clashing in various humorous ways with the upper-class world of the Banks and frequently got him or other members of the family into trouble. Nini, who is your favorite character? <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey's definitely my favorite character. Why is that? Because he's so shady. He is one of the most comical <laughs> people. I have probably, maybe maybe 70% of my laughs come from Jeffrey alone. And then Hillary, probably. <laughs> I feel like I, lo- I, I love Hillary because <laughs> she, she's so crazy and she's fashionable. But I think that I laugh more when Jeffrey is in the picture, his character just reminds me of like work that I didn't like to do, but you had to find the humor in something. I feel like Jeffrey, he's their butler and he realizes how snotty they are, but he's always shading them. It's so funny. He's hilarious. I, of course, like Jeffrey. I think one of the other really unique things about this show is it offered even if it was very like on the surface an international perspective, mm-hmm. like showing that there are black people who are from mm-hmm. other countries and have different accents. And like, that's actually kind of cool too. But as I was rewatching some episodes, I found Jeffrey to be like a little much <laughs> like the snarky <laughs> stuff. A lot of it is very funny, but on the other hand, it's like, you work for me. Shut up. <laughs> like, we don't need a snide comment after everything. But I mean, he um, makes the but show. I do really like <laughs> I agree that he adds I agree that he adds to the show and he adds this layer of like a regular person because besides Will Jeffrey is another person who is different and didn't come from wealth or whatever Mm -hmm. so he offers almost this perspective of like the normal person looking at this like rich family and he's hilarious but he is not my favorite I think my favorite is probably Carlton just because Carlton is ridiculous and hilarious and naive Mm. and he has the most like most instances of butting heads with Will but he does it in a way that's really funny and 
even though Will always gets the best of Carlton, Carlton puts up like a really good fight. Like for whatever reason, I feel like when Will and Uncle Phil go back and forth with each other, Will always wins because Uncle Phil is just mad. Like (laughs) he's just mad. But with Carlton, there is actually like some back and forth that makes it seem like it's more of a fair fight. But Carlton is just freaking hilarious to me. But I agree that that. Hillary is really funny. (laughs) Hillary is funny because she's dumb. <laughs> but some stuff she actually like is funny, but it's like a lot of the things that she says that are just stupid. It's just so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I think to me, like Hillary is also actually might have a personality disorder. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. We think that she's like a little ditzy or whatever, but she could have low key like Asperger's or something because she is not able to read social cues. So the things that she says are not filtered like a normal person would filter them. Right. Like she will literally say what's on the top of her head and it'll be funny or like rude or insulting. And -hmm. it reminds me of people that I know who have like these social anxiety disorders who don't know how to filter what they say to make it sound nice or polite. But she's hilarious. So I would say probably Carlton did Hillary. (laughs) That's funny. So the main theme or conflict of the show is that Will is basically experiencing culture shock. He's moved from one coast to the other coast. He has a new experience in a much different economic class than he was used to. He's a fatherless son who has to adjust to being in a relationship with a father figure. And he just has to get his act together in a lot of ways. He's also an only child. So he has to interact with his cousins who are kind of more like his siblings. And the family as well has to adjust to having him there. You know, this new kid who's been plucked out of the hood and uh, getting him to adjust to their way of life as well. So that's basically what the show is about. Every episode is about him experiencing new things, bringing his own flair and the family having to adjust to having such a disruption in their lives. So, all right, well, let's get into the first episode that we're going to be talking about today. This first episode that we're going to discuss is from season one, episode 12, entitled Talking Turkey. Nene, you picked this episode for us to review. So tell me (laughs) why you picked this particular episode. I chose this episode because I feel like I could relate to Will wanting to, like coming from where he came from, but also wanting to to kind of like flex his new lifestyle (laughs) where he's like hey mom Jeffrey can do it but (laughs) I don't know I just feel like (laughs) the value of I kind of thought about how we grew up and mom like not playing about us like learning our like learning the value of hard work and doing our chores and everything was like very instilled in us and so Vi just kind of reminded me of mom in that sense. Like, you know, she wasn't playing with them and she made Mm -hmm. his cousins also do the same thing. But it was it's humorous because they weren't used to picking up after themselves. That's the lifestyle that they got accustomed to always having someone else there hired help, you know, to help them. And I just love the episode because it's kind of like humbling in a sense. (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely see how Vi or Will's mom could be like our mother. I actually viewed her as more of one of our aunts, maybe, but I could see where you where you drew the connection. So yeah, as far as like 
yeah, no, no, I'll get what you're saying as far as one, like one of the aunts, but yeah, not in that, not in that sense for mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to walk through the episode and just do some commentary and talk about what happened in the episode. Why is this show so iconic and why is it freaking hilarious? So at the beginning of the episode, the first thing I realized this episode is from season one. The camera quality is not good. I don't know if you Mm-mm. picked up on that, <laughs> but usually when shows first start out, like you can mm-hmm. definitely tell that the production value is super low. And so I'm looking at the mm-hmm. screen and I'm like, geez, how much money did they put into this? <laughs> right. And of yeah. course, we also see that the house is different, right? Like the mm-hmm. house is not as luxurious or large or has like some of the nicer finishes mm-hmm. as it does in later seasons so it's like really interesting to see how drastically the house changed over over time yeah the glow up was real right (laughs) absolutely so yeah so at the beginning of the show we see that jeffrey is reading ashley a revisionist history story about thanksgiving and will walks in interrupting and Jeffrey calls Will the village idiot. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> See, that's why Jeffrey is my man. Because it's already at the beginning. <laughs> He's bringing you in. With yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That was very funny to me. <laughs> and so we find out that Will's mom is coming into town. And we also find out that his mom doesn't want anybody spending mm-hmm. money on her. Yeah. Now, who does that sound like? That sounds yep. like mom. Doesn't want handouts. Yeah. Can do it themselves. <laughs> Very independent. Yes. At to a fault. Mm-hmm. So we see Will's mom. Her name is Vi. And she is Aunt Vivian's sister. And she always has a fat joke or some little quip mm-hmm. about Uncle Phil. I did not remember them having that type of relationship. Yeah, I kind of forgot for reason. <laughs> Yeah. But I was yeah. like... Uh, (laughs) i didn't remember them being you know that way but you can tell that it's in kind of good fun right Mm -hmm. like it didn't come across as vicious they're just joking around Mm -hmm. so we see that vi makes will take her bags up to her room instead of jeffrey Mm -hmm. and like you said will was trying to flex and get it get jeffrey to do her bags (laughs) and she's like "Mm -mm, nah you do it you know what it's like a flex but i also feel like it's kind of like mom like look where we are now like you know back when we were in the hood you know i was kind of doing everything but now like look look at this new shiny thing here we have a butler (laughs) like you don't even have to worry about moving at all we have someone here to help us and his mom's like "Eh, eh, no that ain't how we roll (laughs) (laughs) yeah lady (laughs) yes yes Mm -hmm. yes absolutely and so they do a little bit of chatting with the family or whatever and we see that vi and vivian start dancing to ain't too proud to beg by the temptations (laughs) and this part is just like a really sweet family Mm -hmm. moment where like the family gets together does some dancing and it's just super cute to see the family interact this way because I feel like our family has similar things happen right like somebody will put on a song and we'll just Mm -hmm. all be hanging out and dancing just enjoying each other's company Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know my favorite part of that particular scene is when Hillary Ash is like what you know what dance is this and Hillary's like oh it's called the swim it was very popular in the 1940s yes <laughs> first of all both of those are wrong <laughs> and, and, and just had to check her like first of all it was the 1960s and it's not called a swim <laughs> yes that was hilarious was yes it was hilarious. 
Right. So later on, we see that it looks like they're eating dessert. I believe it was peach cobbler. Mm -hmm. And Carlton wanted to invite a teacher to their Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. Nene, why? I feel like we never invited a teacher. Do we invite any teachers over? I don't think we ever have. I feel like I probably wanted to, but I don't think we've ever had a teacher come to our home. I don't think so either. Like not even. I used for to have dreams that they came to the house good. when I got in trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> back when we were on twenty one oh six, but I don't think that it happened. Yeah. They sure called yeah, out, that... but I don't think they came inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like that's foreign. That's very strange. And if my child ever said, "Like, can I invite my English teacher over?" I'd be like, "They don't need to okay. be in my house." <laughs> It's like, that's, you know, I mean, yeah, but Cosby show as well, you know, or Miss, what was the lady mm-hmm. the math teacher's name? I can't remember Theo's math teacher's name with the very long hair and Dr. Hustle. She changed dramatically, didn't she? She put yeah, her glasses, glasses back on. She was like really yeah. pretty. I think Dr. Yeah. Hustle actually mm-hmm. like birthed her baby too when she was pregnant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't remember her name, but I, I just remember certain shows where, you know, people's teachers coming to the house but yeah that mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that doesn't feel normal i feel me. like that probably may have happened to other people back in the day <laughs> yeah maybe that was the yeah, maybe i don't know i mean everybody was yeah. teachers was whooping people's kids so i can imagine them coming to the houses <laughs> i remember in first grade my first grade teacher mr rhodes like he with rulers kids at the back of the room when they act mm-hmm. up yeah I yes i was the only person in that class that never got whooped <laughs> I remember seeing the kid in that class get popped with rulers. I can't believe that. It's crazy. Girl, I remember having a mental list and checking people mm, off. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like who get okay. whooped next? There was one person who only got whooped one time. They were like the last person besides me. I know you were shaking Who had never boots. been whooped. And I was like, I'm the last yep. one standing. You yes. Trying to make like, it to the end of school year. <laughs> oh, Jesus, girl. You know, oh crazy. God. Anyways, we see that Aunt Vi has a complex about Jeffrey clearing the table. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all the kids need to get up right mm-hmm. now and help clear this table. Carlton but <laughs> Yes, Carlton's not taking it seriously. She's like, honey, do I look like I'm playing Wilson? Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it is when you have cousins or other people whose parents are like a different level of strict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get there, you got to mention what Hillary said. What did she when say? After Will got up, Hillary goes, some guest. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. And they go in the kitchen and don't know what to do with the dishes, child. She's like, what do I do? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, they're like, uh, let's leave him here for Jeffrey. <laughs> like, or we'll take him to Jeffrey's no, room. Yeah, we'll so know what Ash- to do with him. Yeah, Ashley's like, let's take him to Jeffrey's room. He'll know what to do with him. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> That's <What>? so rude. <laughs> oh jesus yeah so the kids they you know they're helpless basically and they're not young hillary is probably 17 she's older than will Mm -hmm. so she's probably 18 Mm -hmm. 17 or 18 she actually points to the dishwasher and's like here (laughs) (laughs) you don't even know what it looks like right these children are definitely too old to not know anything about dishes so of course this is the part that 
grinded my gears. Wait, before you get to the grinding of the gears, because we're still talking about the dishes now. I have, then this is why I like this episode because I like kind of compare and contrast it to our lives. And it's like where they knew nothing about it. Of course, Will knew everything about it. And of course, we knew everything about it. It goes, got to the point where we were trying to like, fight over what we weren't doing and what we were doing with the washing and the rinsing and the drying and the putting up was like a lot of our lives yeah up. i do remember that quite a bit yeah this is a very stark contrast <laughs> between not even you know we did not have a dishwasher the house that we primarily spent most of our childhood in Nini mentioned earlier it was built by habitat for humanity and unfortunately i think the kitchen might have been too small to fit a dishwasher, but we did not have one. And so the four of us were dishwashers. And because the two younger ones, (laughs) it took them a while to grow up and be able to reach the sink. It was mostly me and Nini. And there were plenty of disagreements about who was doing what. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We used to do this thing where we would call stuff. Like we would call the front Mm -hmm. seat of the car or we would like, we would just call stuff. It was basically dibs. And it caused a lot of disagreements. I wish we had a better system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the part of the show that annoyed me the most was the gardener was there. Of course, this is the day before Thanksgiving, right? So this is Wednesday. The gardener is there to put in some, I believe it was rose bushes or something like that in the garden. Mm -hmm. And the gardener comes in, talks to Will, whatever. And Aunt Vi is like, oh, you know, take the day off. Mm -hmm. It's the day before (laughs) Thanksgiving, you know, get out of here. Go spend time with your family. And I was like, that man does not work for you. (laughs) That man does not work for you. You cannot Mm -hmm. tell somebody who does not work for you that they can go home. Okay. But by the time Aunt Viv comes into the room, to be like hey let me show you where i want to put those you know rose bushes and he's like oh no i'm going home uh right she just gave me the day (laughs) (laughs) look if i was on viv i would have turned that conversation around so fast okay i like uh who do you work for who signs your checks because i can give you the day off right you take the day off you take all the days off and I'll find somebody else. <laughs> he asked, um, bye. Are you going to be around for Christmas? She might be, but you're not. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> if you walk out that door. Girl, oh yes. I, I agree that it was like a, it was a kind thing to give the gardener the yeah, deal of course. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Of course, right? But he but don't work for it's, it's just a different way she could have did it. It's like, hey, I think, you know, like, let me talk to Aunt Viv about possibly seeing if, if you can get off and see what, you right. know, it's up to her. It's obviously up to her. You know, she could, she could have done that that way, I feel. If it was just such a pricing matter to her, you know, that she could have talked to Aunt Viv about that and let her make that decision. Because she could have just been like, oh, I just want him to do the bushes real quick. Not going to take too long. And then he good. He can get off early, you know. Right. <laughs> Because she right. wants to make sure her house looks good for the holidays. Right. <laughs> the worst part, though, the worst part to me, besides telling somebody who doesn't work for you that they can have the day off, is that she makes Will go mow the lawn. Right. And he all like, that's all of a pop off there. Did you see that thing up there? Right. Right. Because oh, I ain't going to pick you no flowers, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that just but that was the so first much. thing though that was the first thing though because remember before she even gave him the day off he was like oh mom you know jesse can go pick you some flowers <laughs> and she's like if you want to pick me some flowers you can do it yourself <laughs> he like that yeah yeah she was on something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like girl he ain't got to do everything now calm down 
Right. That's the man job. Right. So basically, Aunt Vi and Aunt Viv are talking together. They're the only two left in the kitchen. And Aunt Vi is about to get real critical about what's going on. She's saying Mm -hmm. that Will is just there learning to be a rich kid. And he doesn't know the value of hard work anymore. And Mm -hmm. she says that she's not saying it to be critical, but it's pretty critical. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I learned that I didn't really remember from this is that Vi is Vivian's older sister and basically kind of helped raise her. So Mm -hmm. Vivian has like a very... Like she looks up to her sister a lot. Yeah, she so what, her opinion. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. So Vivian is upset because, I guess for two reasons. Like first off, it's her older sister, and she cares about what her sister thinks of her, and some of what her sister is saying rings true. Mm-hmm. And some things that you know, truth hurts. That's what they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even Uncle Phil agrees that the kids are spoiled Mm -hmm. and he does not want to take accountability for his hand in spoiling his children. And Aunt Viv does an impression of Hillary that I found very funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yes. Daddy, can I roll $300? (laughs) (laughs) And she literally sounded like her. Yes, she did. Daddy, can I roll $300? (laughs) (laughs) So something else that I found extra strange, even for a rich family, that they were getting Thanksgiving catered. Mm -hmm. Uh, First off, that absolutely sounds amazing. Personally, no, it doesn't. Well, I don't as know. A, just the only reason why I said that is because anytime me as a black person thinks of Thanksgiving dinner catered, I do not <laughs> see, especially on this show, I feel like it's coming from a white restaurant. I'm sorry. I feel like it's some nasty, unseasoned green bean casserole, some dry turkey. It just don't even sound like they had good soul food restaurants back then. So it does not sound good to me. No. (laughs) What I'm saying, okay, here are a couple reasons why I think it sounds amazing. The first reason is because of their economic class, Mm -hmm. they could get any food delivered that they wanted. So it's possible that they were not getting a traditional Thanksgiving meal delivered. But even if they were, it would be high quality ingredients and gourmet. So while I don't think (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it could have been like really good, high quality gourmet Thanksgiving. Gourmet (laughs) and No. Somebody white person was cooking it. (laughs) White people can make Thanksgiving food. Look, I lived in Louisiana for eight years and that was the first time that I met white people who were actually very, very good at seasoning and all that kind of stuff because of the Creole influence. So I believe that there are tons of white people in Los Angeles, which is a town of people who have migrated from other places (laughs) who know how to make some Thanksgiving food. You get it catered your next Thanksgiving you let me know well look the the other reason catered Thanksgiving sounds good is because I actually do not like to cook so for me I thought you started to like it though no I just did it because that's apparently what wives are supposed to do but before you became a wife (laughs) I mean I guess that was part of my role in the household because I am more versed with food and stuff than my husband is or my fiance or boyfriend was at the time, but he's learning, you know, 
So okay. for me, I just uh, not having to cook on Thanksgiving girl, because look, half of Thanksgiving is waiting for food to be finished or warmed up. I can get the but food you know delivered all at once. I know, but what's the? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel two different ways about it. I feel like, yeah, if everybody says we don't feel like cooking, we don't feel like waiting. Let's get a catered cool. But it's just something about the family coming together and cooking food together. I don't know. It's something I agree. about it. It's something about it, especially in the black household. It's just like it's just so refreshing like everybody coming together they got the drinks the music is flowing like we're all just in the kitchen just laughing having a good time preparing it and then setting the table and it all coming together like girl it's just something about that like you cannot get that when you cater food not saying like there's nothing wrong with it but yeah (laughs) i see i agree with what you're saying that like half the fun is being able to do all that stuff together but think about Mm -hmm. how much more fun you can have when you cut out three hours I'll say let's all cook together and then prep. hire the help to clean the dishes. <laughs> oh shoot, that'll work too. Yeah, that'll that'll work too. And then you just shoot. like you just get all the plasticware and stuff. So really, all I got to cook, all I got to clean is the pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good time. Yes. Okay, so they were getting Thanksgiving catered, and Vivian just on her own calls the catering company and cancels. It says that the kids are cooking dinner. Because they're getting a free ride. A free ride and what a fancy ride and a free call. What'd you say? A free ride and a fancy ride. Yes, there we go. Yeah. And uh, I yeah. That part I was like, girl, this is rash. (laughs) You called me the day before. I'm taking my deposit. (laughs) Okay, listen. What you mean? And the problem is it didn't sound like she told the kids about this till the day of Thanksgiving. So they don't have no time mm. to prep, look at no mm. recipes, nothing. Right. They wake <laughs> up the next day. This woman is in a track suit, mixing up some, I don't know what she was mixing. She together. didn't know what she was doing. I don't think she yes. <laughs> That's possible. That's very possible. She was trying possible. to figure it out herself. It didn't seem like oh, right. she knew. Mm-hmm. That is possible. Okay, so we see that Aunt Viv is in a tracksuit and she is suddenly become a carbon copy of her sister. She is telling the kids word for word, <laughs> like the exact same things that Vi told them yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like she is trying to crack their whip and get mm-hmm. these kids in line to cook dinner for Thanksgiving. You can see her just taking on her sister's traits. What was the little sentence she just kept saying? Was it March the, or now or no? I forgot oh, too. God, I forgot. Oh my goodness! How about it? It's not moving. There we go. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So yeah, you can see her becoming more stern and, like I said, using some of the same phrases. So each of the kids get their assignments and figure out who's doing what, who's making the roles, who's making this, who's doing that. And when I tell y'all. Aunt Viv looked amazing for Thanksgiving dinner. Do you remember what she was wearing? Mm-hmm. No, I just know she looked nice. It was like, for whatever reason, in the 90s, they did very drapey things like over the shoulders. It was like a, a oh, black yeah. shirt that had like a special drapey thing across the front. I just thought she looked amazing. It's like, I don't she know. She always looks so great, though. I love I agree. the jewelry on her skin. Like, she just was that girl. Her hair just, oh my gosh. Yes, she looked fantastic. I don't I feel like I can't remember the last time I dressed up for Thanksgiving. Maybe 
Or even Christmas. Well, like, it definitely I, wasn't to the extent of I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's for, for sure. sure. I didn't dress up like we were going to church. I just met all of us. <laughs> yes. Like usually I feel like Thanksgiving is more laid back and like you enjoy family yeah. time and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's less. But you know, that's so funny in our culture on <laughs> on Instagram. Everybody is like laughing, talking about, y'all, y'all got your outfits together to sit around in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> like, what y'all wearing to the living room? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but I thought for whatever reason, I just was not expecting her to dress up and like for church to, you know, for Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving dinner. So they, of course, have to entertain Carlton's English teacher. And unfortunately, because he's one of those teachers that tries to like get close to the children and like Mm -hmm. try to get with them on their level, he starts to recite a rap that he wrote about Hamlet. It was horrible. (laughs) Some teachers just try too hard. Okay. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So the kids, of course, are doing horribly. They're burning stuff. It's literally a disaster. A disaster. Yes. Mm -hmm. Things get dropped on the floor. The turkey (laughs) is frozen. What was it? The the cranberry sauce. Yes. Yeah. The cranberry Mm -hmm. sauce gets dropped on the floor. What is the it that ends up? Is slop. Yes, Wasn't the stuffing like is basically soup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like food, yes. <laughs> right? Yes, very lunch lady esque. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, gotta plop it down on your plate. It was a mess, right. and I want to mm-hmm. say this: Aunt Viv set them up for failure. She okay, sure did. she did not give them the tools. <laughs> she didn't give them the tools. She didn't give them the resources. Time. She didn't give them no money. She didn't give them Look, anything. when it comes to Thanksgiving, you start cooking the day before. The day before, and you period. start prepping before that because the you don't that. right because you don't want them to run out of the popular ingredients, right? So, like, you make sure that you get your turkey a couple of days ahead of time. Me and my husband brine our turkey, which requires mm-hmm. the toki to- Jesus. Which <laughs> the turkey? No, <laughs> no. We brine our turkey, which requires it to sit in a vat of water, salt water, and spices for at least it's like twelve to eighteen hours. So we have to prep the turkey starting the night before, so it can brine and get all the good juices and seasonings and whatnot, and. Mm-hmm. We make sure we have all of the ingredients that we want. It really is like a two or three day prep situation. For some people, they mm-hmm. may do their desserts early, right? Like a day before. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that like need to be fresh, right? Like for me, mm-hmm. macaroni and cheese <laughs> needs to be fresh out of the oven on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. day, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some things that you can do at the day before. I like before. my stuff in fresh too. The My stuffing, dressing. I can do reheated stuffing. I can after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if you made it early. I don't want it to seem like it's a day old. When Aunt Carmen in, lived with us. I don't want it to go back in the oven. When Aunt Carmen lived with us, in she day. would make a bunch of stuffing, right? And she would freeze it mm-hmm. so that... She would freeze it. And I feel like there was not like a huge difference between the frozen one that we ate a month later on Christmas <laughs> versus the one that was fresh. <laughs> yeah, it really right. wasn't. It really wasn't. But I still right. prefer. But then that's just another thing too with getting stuff prepped. Like she's really good about like chopping up her veggies right. and everything. And like even like, you know, deboning chicken mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, for the stuff and then freezing that. Try we didn't have year old gumbo probably from the freezer. <laughs> 
<laughs> you are not wrong, girl. You are not uh-huh. wrong. So mm-hmm. she basically set them up for failure, didn't give them any prep time. And if you are going to start inspiring your children to start cooking, they need to start off with a not a high stakes Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. I think it was out of desperation for sure. You know, she wanted to prove a point. So it needs to be like a Saturday night. Because on Saturday, if it ain't right, we can order pizza. You know, on Thanksgiving, <laughs> everything is closed. Exactly. <laughs> Grocery store, everything. Yeah. Everything is closed and you really don't have a plan B. So it, it was a hot mess. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> so, yeah, they get to the table. They serve the English teacher cranberry sauce from the floor. The stuffing is soupy. The turkey is frozen solid Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's too much. Like, I feel like even kids who are very self-sufficient would have a hard time doing a traditional Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. dinner. I haven't even made a whole Thanksgiving meal. That's my goal this year, though. Nice. Well, I have over the past Mm -hmm. couple of years, me and Calvin have, um, Calvin is my husband. We have been doing our own Thanksgiving and it's a Mm -hmm. lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. So cooking for holidays in a, the black family is like upper echelon because there are people in your family who could cook on a Tuesday, but you cannot invite them into your kitchen on Thanksgiving. There are some people who like some grandmas who won't even let certain grandchildren come into the kitchen because they're going to mess up the <laughs> potato salad. <laughs> and it's very uh-huh. rude. <laughs> And they're like, nah, mm-hmm. you you go fold some napkins or something. They'll give you something not food related to do. See, so this you- gonna be another podcast we gonna talk about because they used to irk me. It's like, don't <laughs> be telling me to get up out of the kitchen, and then when I get grown, they'll tell me, well, what do you know how to cook? Well, damn, I don't think I know how to cook anything. Cause guess what? You didn't take the time to teach me. You kicked me out. That's very true. <laughs> Black people have oh, a big dang. complex around food. It's they really do. And every time something shows up. At a function, it's always who cooked this. Mm-hmm. And if you say the wrong name, nobody's eating it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> who made the potato? Who made yes. the macaroni and cheese? Right. A lot of black people don't measure or don't write down Mm-mm. recipes. And if they do, they don't share them. And so things that people like get lost. So yep. Aunt Carmen sent me some recipes. Aunt and Carmen she sent is, me some too. Yes. So I actually Mm -hmm. saved them and put them on a Google Drive. And that's the recipe that mom used when she made the stuffing or the dressing this past Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. And of course, it turned Mm -hmm. out very well. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to get better about passing things down, Mm -hmm. about writing things down. And um, hopefully with our next generation, we'll have children who are able to pass down three or four generations worth of recipes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. So basically Thanksgiving is the Super Bowl of black family gatherings. And if you fumble mm-hmm. the ball at any point over your lifetime, they will never let you forget it. It will be mm-hmm. 10 years down the line and they will remind you about the time you put raisins in the potato salad. Mm-hmm. They will never forget it. So there's no way these kids were going to be successful at this. Nope. So we get to the point where 
Vi and Aunt Viv have to figure out how to save Thanksgiving. And they go into the kitchen Mm -hmm. and Viv literally has to tell her older sister, you hurt my feelings. And it felt Mm -hmm. like you were calling me a bad mom by saying that my children Mm -hmm. don't know how to do anything. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to whip something up and put things together so that they don't starve on Thanksgiving. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's really interesting because Vi, this is the part of the story where we find out that Vi is Viv's older sister and she taught her how to cook. And, you know, they have a, a tight relationship that's, I feel like Vi comes across more like Viv's second mom. And mm-hmm. they had like a really tender moment. And Vi told her, if I thought you were a bad mom, there's no way I would send my son to you. And Mm -hmm. I think it was like a really nice and special moment for them to have together. And then right after that, Will and his mom have a tender moment about how much they really miss each other, which actually kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, And when I say hurt my feelings, it's just like tugged at my heartstrings because I like my family, the two sides of my family don't live close to each other, right? Like I have family in Georgia. The other half of my family lives in Texas and having those moments mm-hmm. where I would go visit for the holidays and then have to come back home or fly back home. It was always a very sad moment for me having to travel between family. So seeing them be together mm-hmm. and talk about how much they missed each other, like touch my spirit. Yeah. Very sweet. Very sweet. I hear that. So overall, what did you take from this episode? Why is this particular episode one that you feel like embodies the spirit of what the whole show is about? I just feel like there's always some humbling throughout every single season, the entire show, just because of the simple fact of where Will came from. You know, like he was always, I feel like there was always some type of memory or some type of event that happened that always brought him back to where he was from and this is like why I chose the episode because I felt like his mom really reinforced just the just the value of hard work and she just wasn't playing with him I don't know I just feel like I just felt like it was a really good episode yeah I think so too I honestly do not think of this episode when I think of like iconic episodes of this show but I do think that it demonstrates the biggest and main conflict of the story about Will adjusting from what his life used to be versus to what it is now. Right. And like, yeah, I feel like it's the perfect episode that shows both. Like he's trying to adjust from like mm -hmm. where he came from. And it's like, before you get too big of a head, like, you know, you have someone here, your mom, who's going to reinforce, you know, like, Hey, this is what, we're used to just because you got here in these rich folks home don't act like you don't remember where you came from and I feel like it's just something that all of us can take and it's like no matter how big we get or you know if we get the desired job or lifestyle it's like don't ever forget where you came from don't ever feel like you can't clean up after yourself or you just gonna make people just do no that's not saying that you can't like hire help of course like do what you gotta do but don't be acting all snotty like you know (laughs) you don't know (laughs) yeah you know one thing i did take away from this show is that one thing i really liked from this episode is that when i believe it's the scene where like aunt vi and viv are talking after the thanksgiving dinner and she told her that you know she wouldn't have let will come if she thought she was a bad mom i think it's a part on there where she says she wanted will 
to also like pretty much get the same luxuries as her children did, you know? And mm-hmm. that's what I really appreciate because I feel like they could have treated Will any type of way and just made him, you know, work hard for whatever it is because he wasn't their child, you right. know? And I feel like I really appreciated that Anvil was like, hey, if you're in our home, you're going to get the same type of luxuries and freedom as, you know, her children do. So I really love that. Yeah. I think that that was really good, too. That was something I forgot to mention. So, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. That is all for part one of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air review. Don't forget to check out part two during your after work commute. Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices. Peace out.